0: Hey guys, it's Melissa here from AlyssaOpen.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness. I'm so delighted you're here with me today because we have a very special guest. We have with us today Miss Isabel Maxwell. She is a medium spiritual teacher, podcaster, and she is a creator of the Sage method, which is all about learning how to tap into your intuition and live your most authentic life. So I'm so excited she's here today because she's talking about all the things we all love here on this show. She's talking about all things mediums and all things tapping into our intuition so we can absolutely live our best life. So I cannot wait to get started talking to her today. So welcome today. Thank you so much, Isabeau, for being here with us. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited that you're here because uh, we have a lot in common and I feel like this is going to be such an interesting show and the people listening are going to learn so much. I cannot wait to really talk to you about everything you're doing because it sounds like you've got so much going on right now. Uh, But before we really get into everything that you're doing, I would love it if you would just give us a little bit of information about you. Who is Isabel?
1: I am... um... (laughs) well I'm a medium and it wasn't always that way so I guess the best way to start off and say is this spiritually I opened up right around 32 32 years old and before that complete skeptic absolute complete skeptic and in essence the very short version of it is that my grandmother passed away and then showed up in my living room so it was um it was a very interesting first couple of years. And I dove forward into that because I wanted her, you know, grief just drove me right into that path. And I said, okay, I'm going to open up to this and eventually proof came. And then more proof came and then more proof came. And then I met my spirit guide who worked with me on understanding how intuition works on, um, being able to hone my own and discovering and getting rid of the blocks that were in the way, things like that. And he also worked with me on my spiritual job is kind of what I like to call it, which is helping spirits cross over to the other side when they become stuck.
0: Yeah, I love that. And I want to talk more about that because you have a whole podcast that is devoted to the stories of you clearing spirits that have been stuck here on this earthly plane. And I was just listening to a couple of episodes today and it's an awesome podcast. So tell us more about that podcast that
1: podcast came to be. So I've been doing clearing work for, I, I'm like adding up in my like 15 years. And I, um, I, I slowly learned that there is a perspective out there, um, by no one's fault, really. It's just kind of developed into this pop culture thing where many people's first reaction to a spirit is fear. Mm -hmm. And, that's what I had in the beginning as well I was absolutely terrified he said you're going to do clearing work and I said no I'm not not dealing with ghosts. (laughs) no have you seen the movies no well it turns out the movies aren't real which is kind of cool um but I was really scared in the beginning so there's there's fear but then there's also the um the subtle sort of dehumanization spirits so if you hear the word ghost you think you know like scary oogie mean entity thing that's trying to affect you but when when we talk about them in terms of spirit we're recognizing that it could just be Aunt march do you know what i mean yeah and and what i'm hoping to do with this podcast is not only help people who are wanting to do clearing work themselves or doing clearing work themselves to um strengthen that and get better but also to talk a little bit about the truth behind the clearing work what really happens for a medium when they go into these places and go you know face to face with different situations and some of them are just like I said Aunt Marge you know one of my favorites was I went to this woman's house and she was terrified she said the last month couple times, I don't remember all the all the exact particulars, but she said a couple times I've come down in the morning and my cabinet doors are open. And I've also heard footsteps on the stairs. And it was like, okay. And I came out to her house and it was literally her, I think it was like her grandmother or her aunt. And they ended up being mad that they she had changed their pie recipe. So I said, any chance every time you cook that pie, that next morning is when the cabinets are open and she had to think about it for a minute. But when she finally realized that's what it was, I was like, well, you're not haunted by anything scary, but you do have a, a loved one in spirit who has an opinion on this <laughs> spot. So don't do that anymore. And that's, I guess, the lightest of the lightest. There are really dark um, ones that can be uh, difficult to work through, but I want the podcast to help people remember that, um, you know, goes for people too. That's the whole, it's the whole thing with the podcast.
0: Yeah. And the podcast is called Other Side Stories. Is that correct? And Yeah. Other Side Chats. Yep. Chats. That's what it was. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Other Side Chats. And you, um, in one of the episodes, I know you went to a building. It was an asylum that was haunted. Uh, but what I love about it is, you explain every step of the way the process and your thought process in what you do and the decisions you make. And then you also explained how the spirit was telling you how to do the clearing and what to envision and what to imagine. And I love that because it really gives, um, I think, a walkthrough of what it's like for people who maybe have never done a clearing or don't know how to do a clearing, which I love because Most people are sitting out there going, I wish I knew how to do this, or how do people do this? So it really takes you through every aspect of it. It's entertaining but it's also very educational, which I really love. I mean, those are the kind of things that draw me in and I get hooked because I'm like one of those people who love the crime shows and the true crime. I want to know every detail about what happened and how they solved it. So this was right up my alley because I'm like, she's telling us exactly what our guides told her to do and how to do it. I'm like, I love this because it kind of gives us like an inside look at a medium walking through, which was awesome.
1: Yeah, that one was, that one was one of the more intense ones. I was in asylum in uh, New York, and there's a lot of spirits there. There's a lot of spirits. It was it was you had to do it through the middle of the night, and it was it was a really really long one. But I like to share that one because I call places like that uh, human zoos, and ninety percent of the time when I talk to owners of places that are intently um, containing these spirits and not letting them go with their intention in order to, to make a profit. We, I always have a conversation with them. Not, I'm not even that direct because that direct can come off very cruel, but to just say, Hey, is there something we can consider here to like open it up two spirits who do want to come in and participate you you will get that happening but let's remember that this is someone's baby this is someone's son or someone's daughter and you know this was a person this is a person it's not a thing it's a person so um yeah i with as much love as i can call them human zoos but i will also very quickly say to people that many times people don't put two and two together when they're like oh this place is haunted i'll contain it and then i'll you know sell tickets great idea, but they don't put the, that human component in there with Mm -hmm. the spirit. So I'm kind of hoping to gently and lovingly, you know, start that conversation. So people start to think about that.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's really important because I don't think most people realize when they're going to a place that's really haunted like that. Like if the tables were turned, would you want to be stuck or tied to a situation when in most cases it seems like there was a traumatic event that happened there too and so you don't want to be tied to that for all eternity or whatever you know and I don't think people think about that.
1: Yeah one thing I learned um, very quickly into doing clearings and I had a guide that was so helpful for me Um, but one thing I learned is that the process of going through the in-between is very psychological When we pass away, we shed the physical body. We leave that behind, but going from earth to the other side, we're taking along with us that linear time-based programming body, which is the mind, the human, um, human existence. So when someone's going through the in-between, when they're going through their transition is another way that people say it and crossing over, they're very much the exact same person they were on earth, just without a body. So if you hold them up and say, "Mm, no, you need to stay here, then, you know, it's, it's like holding a person back. And it's interesting, the people that I've had conversations with, um, because I do work really hard to have very compassionate conversations around this with people, they've all just flipped gears and been like this is actually really exciting to put two and two together so many ghost hunting teams now which by the way i love ghost hunting so i'm not down on ghost hunting teams at all i was on one for a number of years and i think that it's absolutely fantastic but a lot of ghost hunting teams i've brought up the the question you know cuz i'd say 10 years ago they weren't interested in mediums at all now they all have mediums on board and so now i'm opening up the question to them of hey when you're done Do you think you could maybe cross everyone over, (laughs) you know, instead of leave them there? So that's, that's what I'm hoping for, because when you do this work and you connect with a spirit that's stuck, you're connecting with their, their absolute essence of who they are. And you wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't walk up to a kid that's lost on the street and be like, yeah, have a nice day. Yeah. you know <laughs> like that, right? like that. if yeah if i can actually i want to tell you real quick the vision that got me to do this and then this is kind of what pushed me into this understanding when my guide said you're going to do clearing work you're going to help um spirits cross over i was still in that mind frame frame of don't put me in a room with a ghost that's haunted and tormented you know like mm-hmm. i was still very scared of it he showed me a vision a vision that was really powerful and i write about it um actually in in my book but he showed it to me it was this like tall almost like hotel building and had big moat around it people were falling out of the windows of the of the um building and then swimming across the moat in this and it that what he was saying is they're going through their transition but they're they're drowning in this moat you know you need to reach down and and help them get out that's all you have to do it's not going to be hard and i said i'm too scared to do this work And he said, look, and I turned and looked at the vision and, um, by the way, my kids are perfectly fine, but it was my kids swimming across. And he said, if those were your children, would you help them? And I was like, well, take the knife out of my chest there, dude. Thanks. (laughs) Like, okay, now I'm on board. And that's the first moment that I realized, um, that these spirits are someone's loved one.
0: Yeah. When I know when you mentioned fear, I think that's a big for a lot of people that keeps them from really truly tapping into gifts that they have or talents because they're afraid of what they might see or what they might feel or what they might hear do you have any tips for anyone who maybe is starting to realize that hey I have some gifts but they're really afraid to open up to them
1: I, I will tell them the same thing someone told me very wise man said to me The only thing you need is to build a context around it. That what you're scared of is something you don't have a context for. And he said, imagine if you lived your life where there's no outdoor greenery, no trees, no leaves, no grass. You wake up one day, you walk outside and there's all this grass, trees, and leaves. You would be frightened until you realized it's just grass. It's just trees. It's just leaves. So there is a little bit of having to kind of you know, when you get into that ice cold pool really fast, <laughs> there is a little bit, Some, not for everybody. For some people um, it comes on very gradually and very um, peacefully, but for some, you might have that moment where something, you know, you catch something right in front of you for a second. That's how my grandmother showed up in my living room. And so I, I honor that. I was not exactly um, going, we, this is super fun. <laughs> and, but they don't give you what you can't handle. I have taught thousands over years and I've never seen anyone have an experience that they couldn't handle
0: that's good to know and I really love the example of your own kids not to scare you or anything like that but just to give you an example of what you're really doing because you're you're helping to save and rescue someone's child like you said earlier And I think we can all kind of sympathize with that and say, yeah, if I were in that situation, of course I would reach down and help someone's child. Uh, And it's important work. And I think it's just a lot of people, they're afraid of the unknown, so they don't wanna go near that, but it's very, very important work. So what was your, I'm gonna ask you this, most interesting experience with doing a clearing? Oh, wow. There's so many, I can give you a couple short ones
1: in different categories.
0: That would be great.
1: Okay. So, um, the ones that really stick out in my mind, and these are the ones that I, that I go over in the other side chats, but one that, one that pops into my head right away is when I saw, uh, ran into a gentleman who's an atheist. So, um, I ran into him and he was really confused. And I'm like, I can see you. And he goes, I can see you. And I I couldn't understand what was going on at first. So I just finally said, what, what is the confusion? Tell me what's happening for you. And he said, I don't understand when you die, it's done. Like there's nothing. And he goes, but I think I died, but obviously I didn't. So I don't know where I'm at. Like, I can't conceptualize. I said, well, um, I started talking to him about, you did die, you know, but then I backed away from that really quickly. And the short of it was, I said, do you see a door or a light or do you feel something warm or something like that? And he goes, yeah, I see it. And I said, okay, go, go in there. And then it'll be done. And he's like, okay, thank you. And then just left. I remember thinking, well, I'm just going to let him deal with whatever
0: (laughs) happens for him. The angels take him on the
1: other side. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just going to let him deal with whatever happens on the other side. I also remember I had to go into a federal building to get some forms And I went up to the third floor, I got in the elevator and I came back down. And now in federal buildings, you have the police officers, um, the security uh, at the front. And (laughs) I get in the elevator and there's a male spirit, older, probably like 80 years old. And I'm in the elevator. So I'm talking to him out loud because there's no one else in the elevator. And he was just looking for his wife. He said, she said she would be here. She said she would be here. turns out he was in the wrong location. So I'm talking to him and I'm helping him. And I was like, okay, We went through the process and then he uh, crossed over and I turned and looked just in time to see the elevator doors closing again. So what happened was I went down to the first floor, the elevator doors open. I sat there talking to this spirit to my right, while the security officers just stared at me going, what's she doing? And I stood there long enough for the doors to then close again. And then I had to have the courage to hope the doors up and walk past them and be like, have a nice day. So a lot of the spirits that I cross over, um, I run into in my just day-to-day kind of, um, situation, but I've run into spirits that I ran into one, uh, gentleman who somebody had come in to try to cross him over and. She did such a loving thing by trying to like regress him back to childhood to help heal some of the wounds that he was that were blocking him from being able to cross. Um, And then later I get called into the scene and I didn't know that that had happened, but I found a man and and a little boy, they were both on site. And all of a sudden their stories started to sound very familiar and it was actually um, we were filming it and it was actually my cameraman that went wait a minute that sounds like the guy you just talked to. Same story you know dad left him at the train station sort of thing. And it turns out it was him. So he had actually split into, you know, his child version and his version. So there's the other thing about uh, these podcasts is that I'm trying to show people how many different possibilities they could run into. Because it's not always just a bad man, you know, that was a criminal. And now he's, you know, in spirit form, trying to, you know, hurt people. It's not always that kind of scenario. I've run into things that I was just like, yeah, I, I would not have
0: thought about that. Yeah, that is interesting, especially the story about the atheist who was just so confused because he thought, well, when you die, that's it. And now it's like, well, what is this? Because obviously (laughs) I didn't die if I'm stuck somewhere else. So that's really interesting. Um, Now, when you see the spirits, because I know you say you see them in your everyday life when you're just going out and you're doing things. Do they look different to you than like, say a normal human being would look, and that's how you know the difference between a spirit and then just a human being who's there with you? For me, uh, they're very transparent.
1: They're very transparent. So, and they also have the difference that I've been able to establish for myself. And this is what I tell other people to do is someone says, well, what if, how do I know if they need to cross over or if they're already crossed over? Again, if they're stuck in the in-between, if they're going through their transition, they're the exact same person they were here on earth in this linear time. And when you cross over, you release linear time, meaning you can't have emotions on the other side that require linear time. You just wouldn't have them. You can't have anticipation. You can't have fear. You can't have worry, those types of things, because those things literally require Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, because if there's no linear time, then you already know it, so you don't have to worry about it. So that's what I tell people is are they um, are they stewing over something? Are they scared? Are they confused? Are they lost? Are they, you know, fearful, et cetera, et cetera? Those are the signs that somebody uh, needs to cross. But for me, I see them um, pretty transparent and sometimes it's like 10 to 20 percent solid and then sometimes it's like 80, 90 percent. I've probably only seen a spirit two times, three times that was, that I had to kind of take a double check and go, wait, you're not like here, you're not here. (laughs) So, okay. Got it. You know? And there was one of them was there and then disappeared right in front of me. And I went, oh, that's cool. I would have not known that you were a spirit. (laughs) And then I had to, you know, find him again and help him. But, um, yeah, most of them are transparent.
0: That's really interesting. And do you, so when you, I know you do clearings and things like that. Do you ever work with people where you just try to connect with their crossover loved ones just to give people messages? Or have you ever done that for people or you strictly do the clearing work? I did work
1: as a professional medium for a number of years, probably about 12, 13 years, and um, would work with people to uh, pass on the messages. Eventually the Sage method became so much, there were so many students and so much to do, I didn't have time to do the readings anymore. So that's kind of how that shifted from, you know, being a professional medium to now being uh, a spiritual teacher. But yeah, I did those for, for a really long time and I found them to be really, really, really helpful and fascinating too, especially when you're, when, when you're doing them globally, you get to experience the different cultures Mm-hmm. Uh, around the world. And it was fascinating to me that different country, people from different areas of the world would um step into an intuitive reading with you very differently, very differently. So um, like people down in the south, it's like southern South America, um, over some people in Asia would just say, tell me what I'm supposed to know. And, and then that's it. They'd be like, You don't have any questions? They're like, No, 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 that's you're giving you're giving me the guy i'm listening i am one of them said um i am politely listening this is what i'm supposed to do and i was like okay (laughs) and then the next phone call is somebody here in america and they're like okay when's my house gonna sell um what are my kids gonna do when they grow up (laughs) can i get a new car right now you know (laughs) so there's different um different cultures it was always really really fascinating to me and i loved it
0: yeah that is very interesting almost like in some certain cultures they're the spirit is revered, so that they yes. <laughs> know that they need to shut up and listen <laughs> instead of asking all of the questions. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, all of those readings I did um, in the middle of the night because of the time zone; those were always really kind of cool because they were really respectful of the process, and it was it was kind of neat. So you've got every you've got like the whole gamut there. <laughs> I love it was that. It's very helpful.
0: Well, speaking of the SAGE method, because you talked about how you transitioned into doing that, and you've gotten so busy doing that, that you don't have time to do the readings. Tell us a little bit about the SAGE method and what it is that you do to help people, because I know it has to do with really learning how to trust your intuition and tap into your intuition, which is what helps us to live more authentically. Uh, But how are you helping people to do that?
1: So the Sage Method started back in 2006, right around 2006. So I opened up in 2005 and I shortly after, like I said, met my first spiritual guide. He was the one that walked me through what I needed to do to go from a complete type a Taurus skeptic you couldn't get a better combination to try to test out their intuition right and into somebody that was um so open that I was working as a professional medium doing clearings this was like a two-year process for me so it wasn't very short um
0: yeah, you know, you doing math. Like, didn't you major in science and math? Or I, do, like I have a college degree in mathematics. Yeah. So <laughs> that when I read that, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, what? I know,
1: not in a million years. Yeah. Not in a million years would I've ever thought I would be sitting here today. But now, looking back, I am two thousand times happier than I was before. I'm. I've opened up to levels of awareness now that I didn't even know I was unhappy in certain other points of awareness, and it's been. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. It's the best thing that has ever happened to me, and my life is now fun, and blissful, and creative, and I absolutely, absolutely love it. But he taught me for about. It took me about two years to get to where I felt really, really, really solid. And it was my guide that sat me down and said, take everything we've done. Cause I had copious notes. You know, he said, take everything that we've done, bring it into as, as you know, condense it down and bring it to, um, the pe- other people in the world so that they could hone their intuition too, because it was really kind of a formula that he walked me through and I was stunned how well it worked.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I did that It's seven week course now. So it's not two years. You don't have to hang out with me for two years to do it, but it's a seven week course. Cause two years is someone stumbling through trying to figure it out once they figure it out and they can put it together. And in the seven weeks you walk through that same formula of understanding the three bodies, understanding, um, how they align, understanding how intuition works, um, really getting clarity on that programming body and then stepping into these really awesome experiments in the end that were set up in such a way to help you find your unique style because everyone's so different. Mm -hmm. So, um, you'll come out of the course knowing, am I more of a medium or more of a psychic? Um, do I need to set a stage for myself? Can I ask questions? Can I not, is it the instant stuff? Like, you know, your situation, if that's seven week course is going to help you figure out your situation with intuition how it flows the best for you so we did that um and i've been teaching the sage method now since 2000 i want to say 2008 and it's so fun and i tell people if i can open up to these levels you can i mean i i feel like they picked me for that reason for that funny reason Of, all right, we'll get this lady to do it.
0: We'll get this mathematician to do it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. How can we find the one person that would be the most closed off from this? There she is. Okay. If we can get her intuition to that level, then she can show everyone
0: else that they can do it too. I love how the universe works. So awesome. Mm -hmm. I love that. And we were talking earlier, and uh, you were saying that you could possibly give us some tips for how people can start tapping into their intuition right away.
1: Yes, yes, I love this so much. So, there's two tips that I that are my two favorites, and they're ones that you can play around with right now. And um, the first one is uh, there's a point of awareness that I had uh, years and years ago that I went, oh, and you know how once you get that awareness, then things become easier around it. Well, that's one of these situations. So, what we're looking for intuitively is not in the solid. It's in the, it's in between the molecules. So it's, it's in between the solid and I'll explain uh, my favorite way to explain it is, have you ever had something that you catch out of the corner of your eye and then you turn and look and it's gone? It's like everyone I know has had that (laughs) the reason why that happens is first off, you see it in the corner of your eye because your peripheral is defocused. It's not focused. It's not focused on the solid. And then when you turn and look, your eyes start searching and hitting doors, walls, tables, to try to find. You're focused on seeing with your human eyes. You're focused on seeing the solid. And that's why when you turn, you can't see them. So my, one of my favorite tips is to tell people, defocus. Defocus, defocus, defocus. It's why uh, scrying works. It's why, um, it's why crystal balls work. I know that some people think they're funny, but you know <laughs> they do. So try some form of scrying or defocusing And it's just the aha awareness that what you're looking for isn't in the solid. So you have to relax your sight.
0: Yeah. Is that sort of like, you know how they had those paintings or the posters where you had to not focus and all of a sudden the image would appear, but if you tried to super focus on it, you couldn't see anything.
1: That is exactly it. That is exactly it.
0: So something like that would be good practice to like, if you had one of those books or the posters to, Try looking at it without focusing on any one thing and just seeing what pops forward. I love that. Exactly. I think most of us have been in front of those posters, going, <laughs> trying yeah. to see what's.
1: There. And that, that's like the best analogy for trying to see what's around us is we, we're like really looking at things, but when you when your eyes are your human eyes are landing on something they're landing on the molecules and putting those together in order to see what's in this agreed upon reality mm-hmm. but yet everything you're trying to see or hear or feel is in between those molecules. So that kind of disconnect from the agreed reality is you know best way to do it. And my other tip that I love so much is called GCP my guide taught me this one too. And it, all the components of it are things that we've heard before, but when you do it in this order, it um, it takes care, it protects your energetic body and not necessarily protection. It's more like a sort of filtering kind of situation, but in essence, the short of it, and I've got like the free video on, on the website that people can watch uh, and learn it. That's like a much more in-depth explanation of it. But the short of it is GCP is ground clear protect so first you ground to mother earth then uh you clear using your favorite element just imagine so if it's water imagine water pouring all the way through you and washing out of your energetic body the energies you're not supposed to be carrying because we constantly magnetically attract different energies Mm -hmm. and then the protect part is imagine a bubble going around you to protect your energetic body now the the part of this that that I kind of like to really emphasize is that it's not necessarily protection. It's more a filter, like I said. And so that bubble, you're going to set the intent of that bubble to say that, which is for my highest good can come in. And that, which is not for my highest good can stay out. Now, when you do this, there's a couple of things that happen that are really cool and fun. Um, first off, you might not feel any effects the first day or two do it once in the morning, once at night. And again, in the middle of the day, if you want to, there's no, no limit, You'll start to feel the the effects of this in about a week, and you'll realize that you're responding more than reacting because energies are stopping at the outside of that bubble instead of going into you first, and then you having to kind of navigate your emotions around them. So you'll find that you're calmer. You'll find that that really negative coworker stops pestering you (laughs) because like attracts like. And you're no longer carrying any negative energies in you. Um, And you'll also start to find that your manifesting works way better, like way better, because manifesting is all about what's the, the energy that's inside your energetic body really is what's attracting more. So we say, oh, when you put positive out, you get positive back. So the first step there then is to clean out that energetic body. Put a bubble around it and say, no, I am not picking up the energy of that ticked off cashier. Okay. I'm going to go to the grocery store and I'm going to come home happy and happy. Like <laughs> that's all there's to it. I'm not carrying that anymore. And it that opens up massive doors for people. It really can be a, a, a life shifter.
0: I love that. So when you do your grounding, what do you use to ground yourself?
1: I, and and this is another thing I love working with so many students is that I've heard so many cool things. I mean, I have this one woman who's just a powerhouse. She's a lawyer. She's like a triple Virgo. I don't know. She's just a powerhouse. And she uses, she imagines steel pillars like coming out of her feet and driving down into the earth. I'm like, that's kind of fierce. I love that (laughs) for me. I imagine, um, like a red kind of velvety rope tied around my waist and it goes down to the middle of the earth and then kind of pulls tight i've heard people use their cats they imagine standing they imagine sitting like on their living room floor and their cats come up and surround them and then that anchors them anything that you connect to i think that's what makes these things more powerful is when instead of doing it exactly like the teacher told you to do to do it in the way that resonates with you you know, is it tree roots coming out of your feet? Is it you standing, imagining you're standing in a garden? For some, it's going to be imagining standing in, you know, the couple feet of ocean water. So you have to really pick the thing that resonates the most with you.
0: I love that because I think anyone can imagine something holding them to earth, keeping them grounded. Um, And I've always used light, but I love those other examples too. I love the I love the tree roots coming out and grabbing your feet. I had this. I had one
1: gentleman that instead of the bubble, um, he put on like a um, a knight outfit. Uh, what is that called? Armor. Yeah. Yeah. He just. He's like, you know, t- kind of like Tony Stark. Just and it comes on. I'm like, that's awesome. He goes, Yeah, you got to be on my path to get through my armor. And I'm like, Okay, that's cool.
0: You can tell who are very visual people with all of these that it's really cool. I love that they're very creative with that. And I love that it's adaptable for anybody because, you know, sometimes that's a problem, too, because you have somebody who tells you we have to v- envision this, envision that. And if it's hard for you to imagine that, then it's not going to work as well for you. So if you can take it and use it any way you want and make it your own, that's awesome.
1: Yeah, I've worked with a lot of um children as well with their, with the children and their parents, children that are very open. Um, Mostly in situations where I was going to clear a house and the kid was seeing things and such. Um, And I've worked with the parents to have them teach their kids GCP with the protection piece not necessarily being a bubble, but being something that they love. I know kids that have used pyramids, kids that have used like castles, you know things like that, so they they go with what they love and they said, "Oh, I can put a pyramid around me because they're like obsessed with Egypt or something, you know,
0: yeah, so now do you uh, have you ever done clearings in houses where what the kids were seeing, maybe they associated with like a night terror, like parents were finding that their kids were waking up in the middle of the night and because I know my niece, she did not sleep as a baby and then as a toddler and my my sister and brother-in-law are like, what is going on? Like, why doesn't she sleep well? And it wasn't until she was older that she would tell them I saw a man with red eyes, you know, in her room. Um, so I'm just wondering if that's kind of a common occurrence is for kids to be seeing things in their room and that's what's causing the a lot of the sleeplessness at night.
1: Yeah, it, it is. I would say, um, like in a given year of doing clearings and let's say I'm doing, you know, 10 a week, I probably would only run into a handful of situations like that. I would say that, so it's, it's rare, but it's possible. Kids are so protected energetically, uh, their loved ones on the other side, their lineage, their guides, they're so protected but every now and then they're not. And there's usually a reason uh, behind it and something that needs to shift or change. So clearings can also be having that kind of a discussion as well. You know, something might have happened to the child that um, has caused them to be scared of something. It could be anything from a bad situation happening at school to, to maybe they you know, watch the Chucky horror movie and you didn't know it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then that fear. So really vulnerability comes when, when living people are affected by spirits, vulnerability comes, um, from some sort of existing wound. So, uh, if somebody is dealing with a trauma or if they're dealing with a pain or a fear that can leave somebody, um, more vulnerable to connecting with a spirit because a person that's in spirit form, that's crossing over since they don't have that physical body, they're literally an energy body with that human mind. And that energy body is attracted to another energy body that has that same kind of pattern. They don't function anymore with left foot, right foot, left foot, right foot walking. Now they function with a sort of a magnetic attraction to a situation. So whatever they're scared of, they will kind of magnetically attract themselves to that or whatever soothes them. They will also magnetically attract to that. I've seen kids that were stuck in the in-between attached to a mom who had six other kids. That's what that kid needed to hold on until someone could help him. Um, But if a person is is struggling so let's say a kid had a tough situation we'll we'll do the nice version and say that they watched some horror movie or something okay and now they think every time they go into their bedroom it's fear that, that bedroom starts to eventually build up in fear they could attract another um spirit that has that same fear that's like attracts like they could also attract um a spirit that isn't nice and is soothing themselves by scaring someone else, and then that spirit would be attracted to that fear because that's what that spirit's looking for. I hope that makes sense. But there's a lot of it's it's a lot of magnetic, it's a lot of um, psychological components to it. And I always tell parents if the kids are experiencing these things, uh, look at what might also be going on, you know, and help them walk through any fears that they might have because that fear can can stir that up.
0: Do you recommend people um, doing possibly like the grounding work and protection work with their kids?
1: Yes, absolutely. All the time. Teach it to them like you teach them how to brush their teeth. Just like this is what we do. This is how we do it. And this is what we do because it's going to make a huge, huge difference. Um, It'll also make a huge difference for them going through their um, adolescent years as well. Because they're going to have more control over their energetic space, which means they'll have more. um, They will feel more control over their emotions Mm -hmm. um, as their physical body uh, changes, and they've got you know hormone spikes and things like that that they have to deal with. I would never want to go back to that age. (laughs) I'm so happy in my 40s. I got to tell you, Um, but that stuff's already enough to deal with. So if they can, they can learn how to not pick up excess negative energies that they don't need that's a game changer awesome
0: well this has been such a fun conversation I have learned so much just from the little chat that we have had Uh, but if there are people who want to learn even more maybe they want to try the sage method with you or maybe they just want to listen to your podcast so they can learn more about how you do your clearings what's the best way for them to do that they can find
1: everything at the website. It's the Awesome.
0: Very simple, but I will also have that in the show notes. So if anyone wants to go and find you, they can simply click there and get directly to you. So they don't have to worry about trying to remember that or writing anything down. Well, I always like to put our guests on the spot right before we leave. Yay. I like to ask them. <laughs> like, oh, fantastic. Yes. I like to ask our guests to leave our listeners with a little piece of wisdom that they can take with them for the day. So if you have a little uh, piece of advice or something that you could share with our listeners, what would that be? I would
1: love to share with them an angle on how to approach self-care. The people that are stepping into this sort of spiritual path in this world have massive amounts of compassion. They're givers, that's, that's our gang, that's our group, that's, our, that's our, our kind of our soul family, right? And it can be very a very common thing that I see amongst all my students is um, setting boundaries and taking care of themselves. It's a very hard thing to do. And I, I like to say to them, think of it this way, on a scale of one to 10, You're helping others and you're being compassionate. You're helping others at maybe a six. Why? Because you're burnt out. If you do carve out that time for self-care and for, um, you know, loving yourself and setting the boundaries that you need, you can get yourself to a 10 and then you can help even more people.
0: Makes sense. Love that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it is so important. Self-care is something that we as people pleasers, I'm a reformed people pleaser.
1: We definitely (laughs) do.
0: and <laughs> for yes. all that too. But uh yeah, it's something we take for granted and and don't always think about, but I think it's so important. So, lovely piece of advice. Thank you so much for sharing that. Thank you and thank you for having me. This has been a fantastic conversation. It was so fun. I am so glad that you have been on and I would love to have you back anytime because your stories are fascinating and I am just like geeked out when it comes to talking about mediumship stuff, so I love that. I would love that. Thank you so much. And I want to thank all of you for being here with us today as well. As always, if you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. And if you want to work with me, you can go to my website, melissaotma.com. I hope you guys have a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I'm sending you guys so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye guys.